Hey, good morning, church. Welcome to October. we? three months till the end of the year. And um, we've finished up our Signs, Wonders and Miracles theme and focus for term three. Term one was laying down our lives. Term two was encouragement. And wow, hasn't that manifested? Hasn't that been applied? It's been incredible. And then uh, in our last term, we just did Signs, Wonders and Miracles as a little teaser and a taste to what's to come for Echo Church. Uh, I'll be sharing next week what our theme for term four is, and then we'll be leading into our vision service first week of December, which is super exciting. So just now and next week, we're going to be sharing just a few things that we feel Lord on in between term three theme and term four theme. Um, so yeah, I just felt the Lord on this. I felt it on the last probably two months. Um, we've been encouraging our staff in it, um, our leaders in it. Uh, but I just want to share it with you guys today. Um, cause yeah, last 19 months has been crazy. Um, lots of external things that have affected us, um, caused our lifestyles, work, families, the way of life, society, how we function and operate, um, how we uh, engage and connect with people. It's all been kind of blown up. Um, so the last 19 months, 20 months has been um, just crazy, challenging on multiple levels. Um, but I just, I, I want to speak in the light of that with the promise of God and how he sees us regardless of the season. Because um, I want to, we've got to understand a couple of things with the last 19 months, and just general crappiness and struggle and, and trials and, and the stuff that we deal with, um, there's truth available for us, there's upgrades available for us, and there's another way of thinking in the light of the stuff that we face. Um, so I wanna, I wanna highlight a few things this morning um, that we've gotta understand, that we've gotta grow in, that we've gotta mature in. And the first thing is that a life or a season of constant stress, worry, anxiety, fear, frustration, and exhaustion is not our portion. It's not meant to be normal. It's not what he has intended. Do we experience it? Yes, but a constant, continual, regular pattern of life that is stressful, full of worry, anxiety, fear, frustration, and exhaustion is not the promise of God and it's not the portion that he has given us. It's not what Jesus planned or intended for you to operate. And if that is you, that's actually opposite and contrary to his will, his heart, and his plan for you. So if that is you, we need to go, hang on, this isn't the plan. I've got to adjust some stuff, whether it's belief or action or both. So stress, worry, and anxiety is not meant to be normal. Matthew 6, Jesus clearly explained this and he said five times, do not be anxious about anything. Paul backed that up in Philippians. Do not be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. We did a whole teaching on that. And Jesus said, these things are not a promise. But here's three things that are a promise. Well, maybe they're not a promise, but they're just a reality of what's going to come. Jesus didn't promise 
or allow stress, worry, and anxiety to be part of the normal Christian life, but he did promise or proclaim that these three things will be trials, tribulations, and persecution. Now, naturally, my mind goes to trials, tribulation, and persecution result in worry, stress, and anxiety. Yeah? But Jesus said, worry, stress, and anxiety is not okay, ever. Sorry. Continual entertainment and continual struggle of those things. He said that's not okay. But then he said that you will suffer trials, tribulation, and persecution. That's crazy. John 15, 20. This is Jesus. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. John 15, 20. John 16, 33. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcame the world. I've overcome the world. Jesus said, do not be anxious about anything five times. I've got you. I'm for you. But he did say this. He said, you will be persecuted. Jesus said this, you will have many trials and many sorrows. The life and teaching of Jesus is very consistent with the lives of every faith hero that's ever been recorded and written about in the Bible. No one called by God escaped pain and challenges. The life of Moses, Joseph, Daniel, David, Samson, Gideon, Peter, Paul, the disciples, was all marked with a call of God, the presence of God, but a life of navigating pain, trials, tribulation, and suffering. We must become fully aware that God views trials, tribulations, and sufferings way different to you, way different to me. His perspective is bigger and higher. Isaiah 55 says that his ways are higher than our ways, than my ways. His perspective is different and greater. He is God. He's everywhere. He knows everything and he knows the beginning from the end. We must become fully aware that God views trials, tribulations, and suffering way different to us. Our perspective is, get me out of this. I don't want to be involved in pain or discomfort and my life is, um, is, is planned and um, planned and my life is planned so that I avoid pain and discomfort. But some really important truths that we have to move from a head knowledge, a, a statement on a coffee mug or crocheted into a pillow we've got to move from just having these nice ideas of these scriptures into a heavenly reality in our heart that we believe it and we're living it out. God views trials, tribulations and sufferings different to you. And if we don't move into that way of thinking, the come up here that I show you, can show you some things, then we're going to wonder why fear, worry, stress, anxiety is common and growing in our life. James 1, 
two to four. We know this, but we've got to grow in it. Consider it all joy. Some translations say, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials. Verse three, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect, complete and lacking nothing. What's the goal? That you be perfect, complete and lacking lacking nothing. Your spirit is perfect, complete and lacking nothing. Your body and your soul is catching up. We're on a renewed mind journey, Romans 12. So the goal here is that you are perfect, complete and lacking nothing. How do we get that? Consider it all joy. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Because when you face trials of many kinds, it tests your faith. And when our faith is tested, it produces endurance. And when endurance has its perfect result, we become perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. If we approach this verse naturally sensible with just a cognitive understanding, nothing is going to happen. This is supernatural. It's otherworldly. It doesn't make sense. It's like the peace that transcends our own understanding. Shalom in Hebrew is is this calmness, this wholeness, this soundness, this completeness in the middle of chaos that is offered through the Prince of Peace. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. James says this outlandish statement. But when we understand that Jesus said in this life, you're going to face many trials and many sorrows. You will be persecuted. We've got to understand this verse or life will just suck and will be really challenging. And we will have an escapism mindset that gives up and says, hurry back, Jesus. I just want to go to heaven. But when we understand that the transformation process and the growth process and us becoming the person that can handle the prayer that we prayed is part of this James statement and it's part of this Romans statement. Romans 5, 1 to 5. Passion translation. Cheers, Mike Smith. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Verse 2, our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness, wow, that he has given us perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of of experiencing God's glory. That's full on. Verse three, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. Verse four, and patient endurance will refine our character and proven character 
leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we know, uh, because we now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So the first part, verse 1 and 2, it celebrates that our righteousness, that the that we have become the righteous of, of Christ, that he now sees us as flawless, that every promise is yes and amen, celebrating in his kindness and his goodness and his glory and partaking in the divine nature and celebrating that, which causes joy to be deep within us and then bursts out of us. And it, it stops and pauses and acknowledges what God has done for us. And then verse three, it takes a radical turn and twist because Paul says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, We have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance and patient endurance will refine our character and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope does not disappoint. There's something that happens in a trial that can't happen on a mountaintop and God is wanting us to push through, to work through, to pursue him in the trial, to change our perspective of what happens in a trial Um, to change our perspective of what happens in us in a trial, the the growth that is intended, the upgrade that is um, desired by the Lord. This is a big deal. And if we don't get this, then the Christian life becomes just one big fat struggle and we're ineffective and we don't bear fruit and we just cry out for Jesus to save us all the time. But he already did and he set you up and he put his presence in you and on you and gave you every promise. He said the word is near you and on you. It's on your lips. It's in your heart. You've been set up. Every, everything that you're ever going to face, you've been set up to overcome because he's in you and he's on you and he's for you and he is with you in the process. It is in the process. It is in the wrestling. It is in the struggle. It is in the friction that we grow. No one ever got upset the day after a big weight session that they were sore and painful. The pain and the sore muscles actually bring excitement because they know that the muscles have been ripped and then the protein and the nutrients kick in and cause big muscles. Weightlifters get excited that pain comes the next day. If there's no pain, as the adage says, there is no gain. If there is no pain, it's almost useless and the weight session was pointless. Think about a seed that is planted. A germination process is the process of seeds developing into new plants. A seed is planted into the soil, into the dirt, into the darkness, a place that nobody sees. From the top, it can seem as though nothing is happening, but it's more important that things are happening under the surface, in the dirt, in the darkness, in the hidden places, so that the potential inside that seed can be set up well, so it can last, so that roots can go down and become the tree that it was intended to become. There is an oak tree in an acorn. It's in the process and in the struggle that the seed is cracked and then the roots go 
down and seek nutrients and water and everything it needs to grow. And the roots go down and growth is happening before it sprouts and before it bursts forth out of the soil. And I'm convinced that God's secret hand is using trials so that we can grow. Paul sums this up in 2 Corinthians 4, 15 to 18 in the Passion Translations. Yes, all things work for your enrichment so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people. Let's not forget the mandate of seeing everyone we know encounter Jesus, resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God, bringing him even more glory. That's what we're born for. So no wonder, so no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. Verse 17, we view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Verse 18, because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. This is not elementary Christianity. This is advanced Christianity for those that spend time with Jesus, that steward his word, that steward his presence. We cannot enter into this James 1, Romans 5, 2 Corinthians 4 place of truly believing and truly applying and not faking peace and not faking trust and living this life of understanding that trials are God's secret hand if we only spend time with Jesus on the fly. On the fly is beautiful and great and we've learnt about the 24-7 abiding presence and relationship with the Lord. But if we don't spend quality time with the Lord where we steward, process, engage, converse, ask questions, check in and write notes and grow, then we will not enter into this place. It's a big deal. I want to talk just a little bit about suffering before we close it out over the last 12 minutes. 1 Peter 4, 12 to 14. 1 Peter 4, 12 to 14. This is Peter, the disciple of Jesus, pastor of the first church, went through it all. He writes two books in the Bible. Dear friends, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through. Don't be surprised. Jesus said you're going to have many of them. And if all we do is whinge and complain and moan and blame God and want to wriggle out of the trial early, then we're going to miss the deep work that he wants to do in us to prove our character, endurance, that our faith is tested so that we can become complete, perfect and lacking nothing. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if, Something strange were happening to you. Wow, it's normal. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. 
so that you will have the wonderful joy, there it is again, of seeing his glory when it is revealed to the world. Verse 14, if you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. And then the last um, passage about suffering and trials, and then we're going to move on. Romans 8, this is Paul. Peter suffered heaps, Paul suffered heaps. Check out this. Romans 8, 14 to 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Because you did. You were susceptible to fear. Now you're not. It's weird. You living by fear now is weird, according to Paul. It's not offensive or rude. It's just not normal. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship or daughtership. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, Abba, a playful side of God. Verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Verse 17, now if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. So whatever he gets, we get. But check out this, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Many want to share in the glory, but they don't want to share in the suffering. He was a man of sorrows, a man of suffering, the crown of thorns, the sweating of blood, the torture, the murder, the slaughter, the slander. He was a miracle man, but the life of Jesus was not a peachy Nothing wrong, nothing ever fazed him. Life, he was tempted in every way. He was distressed and greatly troubled. He mourned when his cousin was beheaded. This man of God, son of God, our Messiah, our Savior, the one that we love, the one that saved us, was familiar with suffering and he's familiar with glory. But the Bible says that fruit and evidence of our co-heirship with Jesus is that we not only share in his glory, but share in his suffering. If we are going to live out, live in and live out the assignment, heaven to earth, he has given us, then we must embrace, believe and apply the truth that God's perspective of trials is really different to yours. I'll let you take a moment to absorb all that. Holy Spirit, this is another level for us. It doesn't make sense naturally that we embrace trials, that we get excited like Peter, Paul and James all said really clearly that joy is available, that joy is needed, that that joy is a a very normal thing when trials come in the kingdom because we know because we know that it's bringing an upgrade and it's it's actually providing everything that we prayed for so what I did a while back as I was just going about my day is I took about 12 just different I made up 12 quotes just processing this whole trial thing because the more I'm growing in the Lord and the more I've, I've been a Christian for 18 years now and um, the more I'm understanding is that life is just one big trial. Um, and in the same breath, life is amazing. 
I'm excited. I've got more hope in me than I ever have. I've got more hope in my family than I ever have. I've got more hope in the church than I ever have. And I've got more hope in the world that I ever have. And it doesn't make sense with everything that's going on and what the media is portraying and all the crap that is being announced. I've got, I'm so excited about the church. I'm so excited about where we are heading. I'm so excited that seasons don't catch God off guard, that hard seasons don't um, neglect the prophecies of God. So I wrote down these 12 things and they're challenging. Um, In my remaining six or so minutes, I just wanna share them. Um, And I'm just gonna say them. I'm not gonna go too much into them, okay? Okay, here we go. So you guys can process these on your own. They're all biblically based. They'll be up on the screen as well. Joy, joy is not found in a certain season, but in a certain person. John 15, 11. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What did he tell us? He said, abide in me and remain in me earlier in that chapter. In verse 11 of John 15, he said, I've told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Joy is not found in a certain season, but in a certain person. Here we go. I'm going to pump these out. Quotes. They're just quotes. God specifically chooses to use trials in our life to enable our faith to be tested, our endurance to develop and grow, and we become perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. Next one. When we truly live from heaven towards earth, obstacles are opportunities and challenges are catalytic. It's all about perspective. It's all about encounter. Revelation, come up here that I might show you what's to come. Next one. The fruit of believing in the God of hope is living with constant peace and joy. Romans 15, 13 is the context to that. I'll read that again. The fruit of believing in the God of hope is living with constant peace and joy. Challenges, obstacles, trials, and tough times are beautiful gifts to us because they do two things. One, they reveal exactly where we are at in our relationship with the Lord regarding our belief, hope, joy, and peace levels. And number two, they provide the fuel, seedbed, and launching pad for us to grow. Next one. If our hope, joy, and peace levels are governed by external circumstances, then our life becomes all about what happens to us and what happens around us instead of what is happening inside of us. Next one. There are things that God can only do within a trial that he can't do on the mountaintop. Next one. The sooner we can get our heads and hearts around the truth that God allows trials to come into our life, the sooner we will live a life full of pure joy all the time. Maturity looks like being anchored in peace even when the storms come. Three more. If we allow them to be, trials can become trails that lead us into new places. 
Now, this is a big one. Far too often, we get upset and offended with God for not pulling us out of a trial when it is precisely the thing that he is allowing and using to produce the things in us that will cause us to become the person we want to be and truly handle the dream that he put in our heart. And last one, trials are God's secret hand. Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, external circumstances, things that happen around us and things that happen to us. No, no, I don't give like that. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So just in the remaining couple of minutes, God uses the wrestle, the struggle, the trials, the sorrow to bring us upgrade, to cause us to become the people that can handle the prayer that we were praying. You know, the butterfly and the caterpillar, it's still a supernatural, outlandish, crazy, mind-blowing process. The butterfly's struggle, how's this? The butterfly's struggle to push its way through the tiny opening of the cocoon actually pushes fluid out of its body and into its wings. Without the struggle, the butterfly would never, ever fly. The sooner you embrace the struggle, the sooner pure joy can be your normal. It is in the struggle that causes the metamorphosis process, which is the Greek word for transformation. It can only happen in the struggle. And far too often we give up. Far too often we cry out to God and say, pull us out, pull us out. But I tell you what, if you cut open a cocoon too early, it leads to deformity and death. We cannot rush the process of becoming the person who can handle what we prayed for. And the Lord is inviting us into a whole new way of thinking where we think, live and love like Jesus. And we understand that we are going to suffer many trials of many kinds. And if our relationship with the Lord is built on the sand, which is broken down rock, partial truths, which is just every third or fourth day we talk to him in the car and we never actually abide and remain and steward and learn and read and process because this is advanced Christianity. This is heaven to earth Christianity. This is miracles and normal Christianity. This is mysteries and his will have been revealed to me for others Christianity. This is changing the city, changing the face of Christianity, Christianity. I want to invite you into this process of embracing trials. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We thank you that this is your word, that this is truth. And I thank you that you're doing something incredibly deep. And we are excited. In Jesus' name, amen.